0: Welcome to the Nerd Party.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Second Contact, a Lower Decks commentary podcast co-hosted by Tristan Riddell
0: and Charlene Schmidt. We're back, baby.
1: We're back, Shar. It is so good to see you. It is so good to host a podcast with you again. For yes. those of you who don't know us, or if this is your first time listening to us, we have been podcasting partners for seven years?
0: Yes, maybe a little bit longer. I think it might have been the end of 2012, so we're edging on eight. Eight Woo!
1: years together. We have been podcasting almost every single week for eight years up until a couple of months ago.
0: That's right. We finished up Punch It in January.
1: That's right. Yeah. We we finished up our, our second show together because we started at the end of 2012 uh, doing a show called To the Journey, which you can find on Trek.fm. That's mm-hmm. how we got our start. Then we moved over to the Nerd Party Network, which you can find at nerdparty.com.
0: Right. Led by you. Uh,
1: we did Punch It for a long time. And it was all about writing in Star Trek and writing themes, how characters were written, plots and, and whatnot. And we were just like, you know what? Lower Decks is a great opportunity for us to come back into the world of podcasting for a mini-series project. This is a limited event series. This is a show that's just going to be for Lower Decks. So there's going to be 10 episodes because there's 10 episodes of Lower Decks.
0: That's right. That's going to be it. That's going to be all. We're probably not going to delve into any bonus content or anything like that. The main reason being, you've got other projects going. I've got other projects going. Maybe we should talk just a tiny bit about that so we can catch everybody up as to what we've been up to since we ended Punch It, and then let's do a commentary because I am itching to do some LDS.
1: I Yeah, one of my favorite things to do when we did To the Journey and Punch It was an episode commentary. Now, this one's going to be a little bit different because we've only seen this once and it was this morning. Yes. And the other episodes we've seen a dozen times and have them <laughs> devoted to memory.
0: Uh, right. Yeah, we practically have those scripts memorized. So, what I did is I made just a couple of things to note that I thought stood out. And then we're going to do a little wrap up, a quick analysis, bite-size analysis, not detailed analysis. If you want that, there's a gazillion other lower decks podcasts already who will take care of that for you. But for us, this is just a good chance to kind of just react in real time what stands out to us as we are watching. And hopefully it's a good time. <laughs> for you as well as us our listeners
1: but i totally didn't answer your question
0: no you didn't like
1: what are what what have you done since our break like what are you actively working on right now and then we'll get into the show
0: oh god too much as always but the big one the big one that i'm really excited about that i can only talk about oh so briefly is i am writing an audio drama with our mutual friend philip Gilfus.
1: Uh, You've told me about that. I'm super excited. And you guys will find out a heck of a lot more once it's finished.
0: And we're in the process of writing it right now.
1: You're also doing a Babylon 5 vid podcast, vidcast on on YouTube and on Instagram that you can find at thenerdparty.com.
0: That's right. uh, That you do with your husband. Yeah. We've been doing this for a little while, the last couple of years, in fact. And yes, it is on the Nerd Party. We watch an episode of Babylon 5, record some footage to uh, my husband's first time reaction. He's watching the show for the very first time. And then we narrow it down to five minutes for a babble for five. And what's awesome is we've built a little community on YouTube now. So we have people who come in every single week. We talk about the show and it's been so much fun. And we're on the very last season now. So that's going to come to a close before the end of the year.
1: Speaking of community... Uh, we want to hear from you guys. We want to we want to hear your thoughts on Lower Decks. We want to hear your thoughts on us and our show and our commentary and everything like that and and what type of things you'd like to hear discussed and, and whatnot. What you can do is you can go to the nerdparty.com slash contact, select second contact from there, fill out the form, it'll send us an email. We would absolutely love to hear from you. Uh, what I've been working on is a show called House of Fincher. It's all about the directorial works of the genius film director, David Fincher. So you guys should absolutely check that out. It is at... Nerdparty.com. That's right. You guys guessed it. Okay. Are <laughs> you ready? Are you ready for a commentary? Yes, 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 yes. I'm so ready. Let's go. Okay. Okay, guys. So there are so many different ways that you can watch Lower Decks. You can, like, you can watch it on an Apple TV. You can watch it on a Fire Stick. You can watch it uh, through the web. You can watch it on your phone, anything like that. Uh, because because the, honestly, the CWS All Access website is garbage. The interface <laughs> is horrible. Because of that, we're going to do a countdown of three, two, one. And where we're starting is after the CBS All Access logo. Because right. their web interface is a little weird. You can't really start at zero. It's really weird. It's strange. <sighs> like when you try to use the slider, like you, you you can't, like it minimizes if you try to use it. It's horrible. It's yes. just horrible. So oh. like if you're on an Apple TV or Fire Stick or whatever, cue it, like hit pause, like hit, like hit it, wait for the CBS All Access logo to go, hit pause and wait for us to go three, two, one. And if you guys are on the web interface, try to do the same thing.
0: Yes. This hits at about what, seven seconds? At least for us.
1: Seven seconds, about about seven to eight seconds, yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay, and then we're gonna be as synchronized as we can possibly be.
1: Alright, everybody got that? Okay. Shar, are you ready? How about you do the countdown?
0: Okay, here we go. Three, two, one, play. Play. Hey, Starfield. <laughs> <laughs> how many commentaries have we started with that?
1: I know! Like, seeing that that space dock, that that space dock that's a, that evokes T, the two house movies, yes. early TNG, it's just so great to see this stuff.
0: It is. Now, what do you think of the USS Cerritos as we're looking at it right now in all its glory?
1: Oh, man, I was uh, I was a little hesitant at first. I was kind of like, ah, that's a weird design. Like, I don't know how I dig on that. Like, it looks like a... It's, it's not as cool as a nebula, and it's not as badass as a galaxy, but I think that's kind of the point. Like, it's supposed to look a little clunky because of, of
0: uh, who's on maybe, it. Maybe, yeah. You know? That might be the, the good word there, clunky. Although, there is something that makes a lot of sense about the simplicity of the design. Especially when you think about saucer separation. I feel like, you remember mm-hmm. in Generations, there was that thing <laughs> holding the Enterprise-D saucer? I feel like it's like that. Where it's the saucer and then holding up, like, like the nacelles are holding it up.
1: Are you talking about the secondary hull? Like the top of the secondary hull where the battle bridge was holding up the, the saucer?
0: Uh, No, 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 no. Okay, you remember when the Enterprise-D was completely demolished? There's this uh, yes. vehicle that is taking it off the planet and it's in space when we see it. It's just a couple of nacelles mm-hmm. holding the hull.
1: Oh, it, I, I guess I'd forgotten that. The oh, that's Cerritos what reminds okay. me
0: of that. Now, okay, okay. How so cool we, is this?
1: We just got to the, f- we uh, yeah. I was gonna say we just got to the first real interaction between the two of them.
0: Yes, and this is why you don't play Batleth in the house.
1: She seems like off the rails. <laughs> so we'll come back to talking about the characters, but so this is the 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 opening. You got the you got the black hole that is ripped straight out of Interstellar. I mean, <laughs> that is that is straight up from Interstellar, and I and I love
0: it. It's beautiful. I love that this is a nostalgic-looking theme, but of course we're going to have the little humorous twist. Now imagine if Voyager had done that—the <laughs> ice, pl- you know, because there's that seat, that part of Voyager where it's doing that. Oh yeah, that. and
1: this is my this is my favorite part of it, yes. where the Romulans nope. are fighting the Borg, and Out. they're they're straight up like, "Uh, no, negative." <laughs> Not and,
0: doing and it, and right
1: here, and and that's the beautiful part of this. Of this opening, I think, is that it shows you, like, this is going to be an epic space show, but it's going to be ridiculous. Yes. And so it shows, tells you right away what you're getting.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And yet we still get the glorious warp-off.
1: And we get the, the font, the yes. TNG font, and also the, the episode titles. titles are back.
0: Yes. And how cool this, is that? This
1: is what I'm talking about. So this takes place post-Nemesis. Yes. And so they have new uniforms and everything like that because it takes place after Nemesis but before Picard and everything like that. But this very much looks like a 24th century ship. Yeah. This looks like a TNG-era ship. This doesn't look like a first contact ship. It doesn't look like, you know, like anything that – any of the new ships that you saw first contact onward, like the Nova class and and the uh, – and I'm totally blanking on some other classes. But I this? like that because – yeah, yeah, some, something like that where – I like that though because it shows you that this has this ship has been in service for a little while. It's not like yeah.
0: every
1: sh- every ship like once we get to first contact era it's not like they just got rid of every other ship.
0: Right, right. You know. This baby's been around for a little while. She's probably got some scratches on her. She's seen some mm-hmm. things.
1: <laughs> so I love in in new shows the introduction of new characters. Yeah. And so this is Divana, the Orion, mm-hmm. who's going to be a medical, who is a medical officer. Yes. And she like for, 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 I'm sorry, forgive the pun, but she's green as in she's new. (laughs) Is that
0: why she's green is because she's new? Because if they did that on purpose, it's clever.
1: I think that's, I think that's spot on.
0: Totally. Yeah.
1: So your first impressions of Mariner.
0: Love her. Totally love her. She's enthusiastic, fast talking, speaks her mind. And as we've already seen, she likes an alcohol. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, I figured that that would uh, be a touch point for you.
0: I can certainly relate.
1: During this first episode, I'm kind of like, she's a bit much for me.
0: I can see that. She is intense.
1: Like, I'm sure that she'll grow on me and I don't dislike her. Mm-hmm. Oh, also like, okay, we're looking at the map right now. I love that they show a turbolift going through the nacelle struts.
0: Yes. What a great detail. No other Star Trek show has really done this.
1: Because when you look at stuff, stuff like the, uh, um, this, the the science ship, the Oberth class, you know that we saw in um, Search for Spock. Uh-huh. You know you have that se- you have the primary hull and the secondary hull, and it's attached by nacelle struts. And the entire time, people are just like, "Well, how
0: the heck do you get to the
1: <laughs> do you get to the secondary hull?" They
0: just beamed back and forth.
1: This kind of shows that. So yeah. Like, it, it- they kind of wormed a turbo lift in there, even though these are straight, and I think the Oberth is curved. So let's uh, let's yeah. just pretend that it can <laughs>
0: suspension yeah. of disbelief here.
1: So cyborg Sam Rutherford,
0: yes, a kind of merging of Jordy LaForge and Data, perhaps, and maybe a little a, a, a sprinkle of Seven. Hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I didn't think about that.
1: Just with the cybernetic implants and everything like that, it makes you wonder. Like, are we going to get that backstory? Of why he had to do that because it's only a few weeks old. Yeah. Oh, right? I that's hope so. Said?
0: Yes. Now I love yeah, that, just something. seeing the old hallway style.
1: Ah. Okay. Let's talk about this. They sleep in the hallway.
0: Uh, yeah. What? what? What is this?
1: <laughs> what I don't understand that I, I don't <laughs> get that. I know that they're. I know that they're really trying to sell. Like, these guys are not senior officers. And, like, if you move up in the ranks, you get your own room. But we saw that in Voyager where people would have roommates. We saw that in yeah. the actual um, Next Generation episode, Lower Decks, where they had roommates. But no one was sleeping in a hallway.
0: Right. That can't be right. And, and in weird. this massive communal type thing. I mean, the last time we saw that was Star Trek Six. So are they just trying to exaggerate how small the Cerritos is or are they just over-exaggerating how lower decks these characters really are?
1: I think they're exaggerating that part where that's how lower decks they are because that seems a little, that seems a little nonsense to me. <laughs> because if, if, you look at the, uh, if you look at a galaxy-class starship, like we don't know how big the Cerritos is, but if you look at a galaxy-class starship, like everyone could have their own private admiral-sized style quarters. Sure. And be fine. Because that's how massive it is. Like, there's a YouTube video online that really shows you the scale of it and actually talks about why you hardly see anybody in the hallways. It's
0: because it's so freaking huge. Right, right. Even Voyager had pretty decently sized quarters, and that's supposed to be a smaller ship.
1: Right. And so we just find out that the Orions don't know what sand is.
0: (laughs) Now, I love the fact that he's so in love with the warp core, he calls it up on the holodeck. Because I don't know about you, but when I need focus music, th- there's ambient noise on YouTube that you can find. It's like eight hours of the TNG of uh, Warp Core or the Voyager Warp mm-hmm. Core or the Voyager Bridge. I listen to that all the time to help me focus.
1: I made a, a CD for my parents to fall asleep to. That was the engine noise, like the humming of the hallway. Nice. Okay. So we got to talk about this. We got a lot of man butts in this <laughs> Lots shot. Lots
0: of buff butts.
1: We haven't got a lot of man butt in Star Trek, but we got some here. We got several. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about
0: it? I'm totally cool with it. And it. I mean, it's not like, it's graphic. You know what I mean? Just like, it's it's there for a comedic thing. Ha ha, two seconds and it's gone. This does not bother me. Does it bother you?
1: Oh no, it doesn't bother me at all. I just know that that's going to be something that people are going to talk about.
0: Oh, of course they are, because in one of those trailers, there's, I guess, some frontal nudity that's blocked out. And people are like nudity on Star Trek. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Okay, they say the f word several times in Picard. This is a different thing, guys. We can we, we can do this. It's it's okay.
1: Yeah, this is. Um, I I think it, it was the writer said that they were going to lean into the PG thirteen. Yeah, like, it was going to be. Like, this is... Like, they're not going to do R, but they're leaning into PG-13. Because we the, we find out that the doctor swears, which is hilarious, but <laughs> they bleep it.
0: Uh, yes. You know, so... Yes.
1: So, yeah. So, like, they, they do have a set of standards that they're... Like, they do have some lines that they're not going to cross. Yes.
0: I do think it's great. Uh-oh. Purple bump. Space herpes.
1: I I I love that. Because, like, as soon as the... It, bit him you're just like oh this is gonna be you know? <laughs> like that, that that just it's right? Chekhov's gun you know like go. it doesn't just happen
0: <laughs> yeah yeah now what do you think about so our right captain here, here
1: yeah see this is the thing like this was weird right off the bat where if you didn't understand what was going on you're just like well why is he tr- why is she trying to make him you know snitch right on on one of the on, on an incident you're like what investment does she have does she hate her does she want her off the ship you know, like, what kind of connection? But then when you look at how similar they look and how it's, it's easy to push, push together, uh, push together, put together, <laughs> where they're just like, oh, there's some sort of relation. I'm sh- I'm, I'm, my, my guess was that it was a mother-daughter thing.
0: See, I did not catch on to that right away. I just thought, oh, she's just an uptight captain who wants people to be following the rules, word for word. Mm-hmm. But that little twist, that revelation we get in, what, a few minutes? I thought, ooh, nice.
1: So we find out that his implant is a Vulcan implant. So it was made by the Vulcans.
0: Yes. Now, I'm hoping that detail becomes important, even more important than it is in this episode later.
1: And we find out in Voyager that Tuvok has an implant in his arm. Mm. Like it's either Mm. a, it's either like a, I, I think they either had to replace some bone. I can't remember exactly what they had to do, but they had to put some sort of metallic or cybernetics in his arm because he busted it chopped it off not quite sure i'd forgotten about that right away we already know that vulcans do that
0: that's okay so there's like some massive cybernetics academy or something Mm -hmm. on vulcan they're very good at what they do (laughs) Uh, now up until this scene uh,
1: hop skip and a jump but
0: (laughs) up until this scene i was i was wondering if there was going to be an ongoing joke that all the drinks are blue but we just saw purple
1: the mess hall in this is fantastic. Like it's, it's, it's different enough from a galaxy class because it's got that island instead of just a bar. Yes. And all, all the glass, like the details are amazing because all the glassware you've seen before uh-huh. in Next Generation.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. I, even in the first viewing, noticing these little details that they put in shows how much love and care they put into this show. Stylistically, it just, your brain as a longtime fan recognizes this stuff. And you're just, mm-hmm. uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: Now, with uh, with Sam being on his date, and then, like, zombies start coming in all around him, yes. and they're still talking about, like, playing squash, but they're still, uh, you know, like, trying to fight off the zombies. That right there, I think, is a perfect microcosm of the show. Because mm. these are lower deck characters, and the senior officers are always getting into trouble. <laughs> you know, they're always... Yep. They're always going to uh, destroy the universe. Oh, or, yeah. you know, like, wreak havoc or... And the Lower Decks people just have to put up with it. And that's what they're doing. Yes. They're putting up with it, but they're not letting it get in the way of their data.
0: Because <laughs> they're just so used to it, like, this is just what happens. Yeah. That's a great reflection of senior officers versus uh, the Lower Decks folks. So we did Absolutely. make a mention, but Nemesis, the uh, land vehicle that Picard drove, still mm-hmm. around.
1: Still around. What yes. Was It called? The, uh, wasn't called the Argo, was it?
0: Yes, it was the Argo. Okay. Yeah. Now, in Nemesis, I wasn't the biggest fan of that whole thing, but I don't know. I guess I've gotten over it because I kind of like it here.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like having a ground vehicle makes sense. I mean, you'd probably have it be like a a hover vehicle, right? Like, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Something to get around because are you just really going to fly the shuttlecraft around every little place you need to go? Mm.
1: Right, and we've seen so many times in Star Trek where... They land a shuttle and then they walk for like five miles. And they're like, <laughs> like, why didn't you just land right next to the thing? Right?
0: Come on, you fools. <laughs> now, one very important observation from this scene that we can get is that Mariner is not afraid to break the rules for the right reasons. You know, it, it, initially right. her breaking the rules looks bad, but then you get the context of why she's doing it. And she's looking out for these guys who are going to be overlooked if somebody doesn't step in and help good for her
1: yeah this this shows you a lot about her character like she's she's a screw-up she's pig-headed uh she's loud she's obnoxious but she will break the rules for a good reason
0: yes she's got a good heart
1: right exactly you hit it on the head and and this we find out that she was demoted to ensign
0: that's right in this
1: scene so i want to find out way more about that backstory
0: hell yeah so like
1: was she was she a lieutenant junior grade and then got bumped down to ensign, or was she? Did she do something so heinous that she was she bumped down from lieutenant, you know, senior grade down to ensign because sure. she kept talking about seeing some things and like being out like in the in the wild and and well, I guess you know you could be a lieutenant junior grade like Tom Paris was lieutenant junior grade for a while, yeah, before he got knocked down to ensign.
0: True, true. Yeah. We got to learn more about these uh, five other ships that she's been on.
1: Yeah, five other ships. Yeah, yeah.
0: And we got to know more about this family dynamic that's going on. She's the daughter of the captain and an admiral. High expectations I think, much?
1: And, and if, I, if I remember correctly or heard correctly, he was an admiral of a ship, like of like her previous ship, I think. Was that it? Is, is, I think that's what they were alluding to. Okay, that he okay. Said.
0: So I have a feeling we're going to learn a heck of a lot more about what happened there.
1: Yeah, man, five ships. I mean, you can kind of see that happening because, like, if this is a prominent captain or a prominent admiral with a troublesome kid who's in Starfleet, like, if she was just if she broke some rules here and there and was difficult, you could see them passing her around from ship to ship sure. to see if she'd settle in. But if you did something like stupid, like Tom di- Tom Paris did, where people got killed, you well, know, sure he was he was dishonorably discharged. But she, you know, she couldn't have done something that bad.
0: Right, right. She probably didn't kill anybody. She just probably broke enough rules to where people throw their hands up in the air and say, I don't know what to do with you.
1: I love this. It's just suckling you. I just found out.
0: (laughs) That's an interesting word, isn't it? Suckling the poor guy. Think about the war. Also, underwear, (laughs) which we have never seen before in Star Trek. Am I right?
1: Well, unless you count the... uh,
0: I'm making a horrible gel
1: massage room.
0: right. (laughs) Yes. uh, Yet another thing people will probably get up in arms about and just relax, guys. It's fine. I
1: know it's the 24th century, but I kind of wanted them to be wearing those blue underwear from Enterprise.
0: (laughs) 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 They've moved on, man. Nice little homage to uh, First Contact, and in the background, security officer beating up somebody or another. Because
1: <laughs> I'm gonna love this security officer.
0: Uh, I love the running joke already. Of can we just please kill it all? Kill the warp core. Yeah, like,
1: <laughs> fire the phasers, destroy. I love that right. later on when it's just yeah. He's like he's like let's detonate the warp core, and she goes what what no
0: no no. What? Yes, exactly. I love it. It's like a really in joke an homage to previous Trek that those of us who've been doing this forever, we understand the whole denying wharf joke because there's a whole Mm -hmm. YouTube video about it. And it's here for those of us to catch on. If not, you're oblivious and it doesn't matter.
1: And also like I'm, I'm doing a rewatch of Voyager right now and I'm on, I'm just finishing up season five Uh and it is alarming to me how many times Catherine is willing to say, fine, I'll just destroy the ship. <laughs> like, if like something goes wrong, fine, I'll just destroy the ship and kill everybody it's on true. it. Like, it's you true. It's true. Oh, test me. She's
0: test got me. a death wish, you. man. She's willing to sacrifice everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, things have officially gone straight to hell on the Cerritos. I mean, there is black oil a la X Files everywhere. Everybody's a freaking zombie just beating the crap out of each other.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised that they went with the zombie storyline right in the first episode.
0: But why not?
1: Oh no, th- no, no disagreement. It sh- it just shows you that it's it's this perfect encapsulation that whenever every day, like every day, is craziness for the senior officers. Exactly. But for exactly. lower decks, like the main storyline is still them on the ground uh, about like a you know like a, a shovel and a hoe. Like that's the, <laughs> that's the main storyline.
0: Yes. I love the fact, too, that it's not so much about how crazy it all gets. It's the exaggeration. So the fact that it's zombies don't care. But the fact that it's just gotten so out of control. You know, I feel bad for the poor souls who are going to have to clean all of that up in the end. (laughs) Who are those officers? I mean, look at this mess. My goodness. So much slime. Now, this doctor, the grumpy cat doctor... Oh, come on. This is amazing. I am here for this character. I love this doctor already.
1: Now, she has to be an homage and a crossbreed of Bones and Pulaski, right? Like, it has to
0: 100%, be. 100% and she's a cat because cats can be a little grudgy.
1: <laughs> and also, like, we can we can see this race in easier in animation than we could in a live action 100%.
0: show. 100%. Yeah, I love the fact that we have a whole variety Already, we've got blue people, green people, purple people. We've got uh, a cat as a medical officer. (laughs) We're going to see a whole lot more. (laughs) And there's the bleep.
1: Right, 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 right. Yes. And this is so Star Trek. But like this scene specifically is so Star Trek where like the doctor finds some goo and it's just like, this will totally work.
0: And then it does. And then like,
1: all we got to do. And then we just gotta like the captain's like, but can you make a cure? Yeah. <laughs> and then they they're like, okay, well we'll sit, we'll put it into the uh, into the air, you know, through the vents, right? And because we've seen that a dozen times before
0: on Star Trek. Yep, Dark. and of course it works every time. Oh, I we just saw a Vulcan. I didn't catch that the first mm-hmm.
1: time. And, and then the, and then like the cheesy one-liner. Great, more paperwork.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you know i Love feel it. i definitely feel that as a mood
1: like you, you'd half expect to, to end like to end right there like an old tos episode where they're all kind of laughing on the bridge and freeze fame
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then here we go the the big senior officers of course they get all the credit here we go mm-hmm. this is why mariner feels the way she does yeah. It makes me
1: wonder, like, if she had higher rank, if she was a senior officer or at least a bridge officer at one point.
0: You know, I do wonder, like, was she potentially on the bridge? Maybe even a first officer? If she's been on five ships, she might have had a massive ascent and then a huge fall off a cliff.
1: I I I, I would be really surprised if she was a first officer. You think so. And then dropped down like Four or five ranks, because that's that's pretty intense. It is. have to go because she's an ensign. Like she'd have to go junior grade, senior grade, lieutenant commander, commander. So that's four. I mm. mean, you could technically be a first officer at lieutenant commander. Yeah. I don't know. Like that's the, if you were a first officer and got bumped down to a lower rank, lower deck ensign. That's when you just go. You know what? I'm out. Yeah. You know, Starfleet <laughs> is voluntary. Yeah,
0: okay, you make a good point. Yeah. Maybe not that l- low or that high of a descent. But maybe she was and ops, so is, hence the ops joke.
1: Maybe. And so this is where we find out that she is the daughter. And yes. I'm surprised that they made him such a high-ranking admiral. Mm. And, and, her, and, and, and the, mo- like the dad's such a high-ranking admiral and the mom a captain. Uh-huh. You know, you'd know, you think like, if he was an admiral, maybe he would just be one or two stars. But they really ranked it up.
0: It, yeah, well, uh, maybe there's something to that. We're only one episode in. We have so much more to learn.
1: That's true. We got nine more to go. That's
0: right. That's right. We skipped over one of my favorite lines in this whole episode is, I got to hold a heart. She's so excited. <laughs> i mean, I like, don't pass out. She's almost putting Harry to shame here, <laughs> who was our previous green ensign portrayed on Star Trek.
1: Also, a little bit of foreshadowing about maybe a relationship going on between Devana uh, be- between Divana and Sam Rutherford maybe you know, like they they're showing a little kinship, not saying it's going to happen, but maybe
0: certainly some bonding though I think we can safely mm-hmm. say that, yeah, also pink tequila, I'd be willing to try it
1: so what do you I asked you what you thought of Mariner? what do you think of Boimler
0: uh, cute, totally awesome, I mean, I'm here for all of these characters. I love them already. I really do. I love the fact that the dynamic between these two is going to keep them in check. She's a little more fast and loose. He's more by the book, but maybe less experienced. They're going to balance each other out and compliment each other so much. And I'm here for their friendship.
1: I, I love this moment when she's like, "Like you're my Jadich now. <laughs>
0: Yes, and we're about to get so many Easter eggs. Yeah,
1: okay, yeah, this was a lot of references. This felt, a, out of ev- everything else, felt really dynamic, really involved. And like all, it was all like little bits here and there. Like, you could tell it's in the Star Trek universe. It's really connected. They did their research. But this, this was the only part to me that felt really forced.
0: I still enjoyed it because they mentioned space whales. Yeah. Among many yeah. other things, but I, I think it just kind of shows how much, how much lore there really is to work with. And this could be a really good entry point for those who are watching Lower Decks as their very first Trek. What if something sparks in them? Well, who's Deanna Troy? I better go look that up. What if that leads to somebody watching TNG, that one little thing, that one mention? You never know. It could happen. Well, Sure.
1: Sure. I still think it's forced. I still think it's weird. Maybe it but... <laughs> is,
0: but at the same time, I don't care. I enjoy it. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like Star Trek has forced its own self-references worse in previous incarnations. I'm, I'm not really disappointed by that. If that's the worst this episode does, hey, it's doing pretty good. And speaking of which, that's the episode, you guys.
1: That's the episode. Now, you're, you guys, if you guys are keep watching, you'll, you're getting a preview of what's to come, which is something that New Trek has been doing.
0: Yes. Yes, and I'm very excited about all of this. It looks very good. So how about we do a quick wrap-up now, now that we're done with the commentary. I want to know your first impressions. Does this first episode hook you? What stood out to you?
1: This uh, first episode definitely hooks me. I am very much intrigued as to what's going to happen moving forward. I, I think I am very much here for funny Star Trek. I'm here for a reverend Star Trek. Uh, you and I are both big adult animation fans. Yes. Like, you know, like... When I was growing up, I loved early family guy, you know, like uh, early American dad. Um, I love, you know, like Simpsons, Bob's Burgers. Oh, yeah. uh, Rick and Morty and Archer, you know, like so many. I love uh, so many. Too many dimensions.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's interesting because you have your kind of crop of adult animated programs that you like to watch, and then I've kind of got my subset, and yet we still sort of have this in common, because I go for the really irreverent. I love South Park. I love Beavis and Butthead. I do watch Bob's Burgers, Red and Stimpy, which is now going to make a comeback. I'm curious to know how that's going to go, along with the Daria and the revival of Beavis and Butthead. I mean, we have so much adult animation coming our way. This is just sort of like a start of a Complete re like re revving of this genre. I feel
1: this is something that I I'm a fan of Star Trek trying new things. Yes. I, I'm I, I hate it when I see stuff online where people are saying like, oh, is this what Star Trek has become? <laughs> you know, like and everything like that. Like we've all we all saw that we all saw that meme going around, and it it really bothers me because not everything has to be for you. It's not true. every single show has to be for you, and. It's just we have the Next Generation. We have Deep Space Nine. We have Voyager. Now we have Discovery. Now we have Picard. Every single one of them is different. And it's it's so, you know, like so many people were complained about Voyager just trying to be TNG light. Yes. And then people complained about Enterprise at first just trying to, you know, look like TOS in a mix of of Next Generation. And then when they started doing new things, that's when they got canceled. <laughs> and... It's just, that's the thing is that like, it's okay to try new things. And you know what? This might not work. Lower decks might not connect with audiences. They might not, people might not like it. And we only get a couple seasons out of it. We only get one season of it. I don't know, but I want them to try new things. And so I'm, I'm definitely here for this, but that doesn't mean I'm going to automatically 100% like it because when I saw this episode, I was like, oh, okay, I laughed out loud a couple of times. There was some definite things there for me. It's good. It's not great. It didn't blow my socks off. I think this could has the potential to be great. But I'm not going to judge an entire season of a show off of just one episode. Like I think after you get like 3, you know, you can kind of see where the where the season's going to go. Yeah. But so like but I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely intrigued. I I want to see where this is going and uh my wife who is not a a Star Trek fan. Like she'll watch some of the movies with me and she'll watch some some TNG episodes with me every once in a while but she's very much not a Star Trek fan. Uh she saw the trailer for this. She's like, "Oh wow, I'm surprised that CBS is doing this because I want to watch this."
0: Hey. That brings me to a point I wanted to make in an overall analysis, which is I think this is going to bring in a crop of brand new fans because it is a comedy. And I will confess, I was I'm always or er, I'm always cautiously optimistic about a new show coming out mm-hmm. just thinking, "Okay, I love the idea. I don't know how this is going to go, but I'm willing to give it a try. Always. So when Star Trek does comedy, it's kind of hit or miss. Sometimes it doesn't work. And so to do a comedy-focused Star Trek show, I thought, okay, this is either going to be completely amazing and just blow me away, or it's going to flop and it's going to be horrible and we'll never speak of it again. (laughs) So with that said... Uh, I uh, my reservations have faded away. I mean, pretty much by the time we get to the theme, I'm into this show. I'm I'm here for it. I like the style. And as far as a first episode goes, I think it accomplishes what it needs to do. Is it mind blowingly explosive? No, but I don't think a first episode should. It should do the following. It should establish, like expectations. What kind of a show is this? Well, we very much know what this is. This is a Star Trek show that is not afraid to poke fun of itself, have a good time. And is it ridiculous? Absolutely. But we're going to get some really good, strong characters with character development. Those are the expectations I'm getting out of this first episode, and I'm hoping for a whole lot more. Now, the animation style, you can tell it's a Trek show. Absolutely. I mean, you and I both instantly recognize that late 24th century aesthetic. It's there. And at the same time, it's its own thing. I love that the Cerritos is kind of its own thing. It's the California class, which living in the Los Angeles area, I totally appreciate because I've been through Cerritos. I know where that is. (laughs) Stuff like that. So good. And so I'm thinking this is going to be a very welcoming entry point for a whole new crop of Trek fans because it's a comedy And this has the the potential to attract new fans who might not otherwise care about sci-fi or or not consider themselves sci-fi fans. And they might not also be attracted to the more cerebral side of Star Trek where, you know, you want to take Star Trek seriously. Well, you can still tell a good story and have it be funny. And I think this is showing that you can do this in the context of Star Trek. We got a good story. We got some good initial character development. One important thing about Star Trek characters, I think the mark of a good series is, do you remember the characters' names? Because I distinctly remember in Discovery, the whole first season went by and I did not know some of the bridge officers' names. Even after a whole season, I had to really think to get there (laughs) instantly. I know who these guys are. So that says Mm -hmm. something. I'm into it. I love it. I love it. I love it.
1: Speaking of discovery, like with new Trek, you have, f- first you have Discovery, then you have Picard, then you have Lower Decks, and when the first two episodes dropped of Discovery, because like I was pumped, I was amped for Discovery, uh-huh. and then when the first two episodes happened, I'm kind of like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. let's see where this goes. Yeah. And then when we saw the first episode of Picard, I kind of had the same thing where I'm like. Okay. Okay. Well. 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 Let's see where this goes.
0: Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it
1: was. It was. It was a little bit more of a okay. It is a much more happier tone. Like with Discovery, I'm just kind of like I don't know if this is gonna work. Yeah. And with Picard, I'm like I, I think it could work. And with Lower Decks, I, probably has been the most positive for me. Where I'm just like, yeah, let's see where this goes. I think this is gonna be good. I
0: think it's easy to catch on to what they're doing with this show. Whereas with Picard, you really, I think it helps to have the nostalgia of TNG already established in your head. With Discovery being Mm -hmm. a brand new show, it had a lot of work to do. And those first two episodes, I hate to say, don't do it a heck of a lot of justice. Two seasons down the line, I see what they were trying to do. But Discovery still isn't necessarily my favorite flavor of Trek. I'm not hating on it. I appreciate it for what it is, but it always kind of just has been like, okay, Okay, for me, some people absolutely love Discovery and I'm, I'm totally happy for you. I'm glad for that because we are getting so many different flavors of Trek. We're going to like some more than others and that's okay because we're going to have so many new things along with all the stuff that we already have had for everybody.
1: And that's the beauty of it is that if, if you're looking for, if, if you're like, oh, Star Trek should only be dramatic and should only be serious and that's what I'm going to watch, good.
0: Good for you. Yeah.
1: You got so many shows where that, that brings that to you. This isn't for you, and that's okay.
0: Exactly. It's okay to pass this one over if you don't want it. That doesn't mean that we, those of us who do want to watch it can't enjoy it. You know what? Right. Don't crap right. on my truck if uh, I don't crap on yours, basically.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to this, and I'm very much looking forward to doing this show with you.
0: Likewise. And
1: doing this every single week for the next... Nine more weeks?
0: Nine more weeks. Yes, it's great. We are reunited. Feels so good. Uh, I'm so glad we chose this also for the project to kind of revitalize our, our teaming up just because, one, the timing was right. Two, this, I think, is the right trek <laughs> for us.
1: Specifically for us, yes. absolutely. So, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Uh, go ahead. You can, you can find us. To contact us, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the nerd party, on Instagram at the nerd party, and on Twitter at join the nerd party or join nerd party, excuse me. And uh, you can also find us personally on Twitter. You can find me at the insane Robin.
0: And you can find me at oh the profanity.
1: And remember to go to the slash contact. And uh, that's how you can email us. That's how you can uh, fill out the form and send us uh, notes and and what you liked, what you didn't, and what you, where you think Lord Dex is going to be going. Yeah. So, please subscribe, you know, like, a, you know, you can find the RSS feed on the website. Uh, you can uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, on Sprecher, on Google, everything like that. Since we are submitting this episode for the first time today, it's going to take a little bit to trickle out to the other uh, avenues. So it might not be on your favorite podcast player right away, but it should be in a couple of days. It'll get so there. So hopefully you can, <laughs> yeah, if you can't find it, If you're listening to this, why am I even telling it to these people? Because if they're (laughs) listening to
0: this, they can already hear it. For real, though, they've already figured it out.
1: If you're listening to us on our website, use the RSS feed in your favorite podcast player, and that's how you can subscribe to us.
0: That's right. That way you get episodes the moment they're released.
1: There you go. All right. Well, thank you, guys. And uh, live long and prosper.
0: Till next time, everybody.
1: Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.